You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. A lot of us, we have uphill hopes, but downhill habits. So a lot of us, we have these really high hopes of of life change, but the habits that we have in place do not help us get to where we want to go and where God has us. And so uh, within these four weeks, I'm going to give you four habits that if you take the time and begin to integrate it in your life, that I believe life change will happen for you. Does that sound good? And so our, our theme verse this morning is Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Uh, it's, it's a letter that this guy, Paul, wrote to the church in Rome. And, and what I want you to understand a little bit about this, this time period is that Paul is writing to a church that is being persecuted uh, by, uh, by the empire of Rome, the Roman Empire. And so he's not writing to a, to a church that, that, uh, that is in a culture and in a society where people are accepting them. But, but in fact, that they're, they're trying to get rid of him, get rid of them, of, of, of the Christian, uh, Christian faith. And so here's what he writes in, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. I'm, I'm reading out of the message. It says this, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Come on. I feel like I could stop right there and we could go home. <laughs> Don't be, uh, instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Da, 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 da. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, and this is, this is the heart of, of, of the series this morning, or this, this week, or this month, excuse me. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. Can I get an amen? He brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Hey, listen, this morning I want you to know that God wants to do, instill some habits inside of you that are beneficial to you and to I. I'm going to pray one more time, and we will jump right in. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for what you've been doing already this morning. God, I thank you for the opportunity that we have as a church, as a people, to come together on a Sunday morning and to give you praise, God. Father, I pray right now for the next remaining minutes that I have left, God, that you would speak through me. God, we, we want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone say it. Amen. Amen. So if you've been here for a while, you, you know this about me. I am not an outdoorsy type of guy. Like I, don't, like, I will never be the guy that's like, hey, let's go hunting. Or, hey, let's go fishing. Or, hey, like whatever other outdoors things you can do. Like, I'm not that guy. Now, if you want to go shopping, let's go. Come on. If you... If you want to get some shoes, I'm your dude. If you want to make a frittata, let's go. Like, but I am not the outdoorsy kind of guy. That's just not who I am. But I do understand that I don't want to uh, rob my children of having the opportunity to experience the outdoors. And so every now and again, um, I will take them out to, uh, to the nature. To, to the nature? 
<laughs> That's how much I don't go. <laughs> I don't even know the proper name. <laughs> I just proved my point right there. And so, <laughs> so, so we'll go out, we'll go out, um, <clears throat> I'll take them out, you know, just wherever. And so uh, one time, I remember the first time I took my kids hiking. And uh, really, in my mind, it was going to be like a 15, 20-minute experience, enough for me to get outside, stand in front of a tree, take a selfie, (laughs) say my life is hashtag blessed, and leave, right? Like that that was my intention. But we got there, and, and, and as we were out at, at, at the hiking trails, my kids kept saying, Daddy, let's keep going. I'm like, okay, we will. And so we kept walking, and we kept walking, and I'm like, guys, I think we should just go back now. Like, no, Daddy, let's keep going. I'm, I'm with my, uh, I think he was six at the time, and my daughter was like four or three, one of those. And then they're like, no, Daddy, let's keep going going we're having fun we like these things what are these called I'm like leaves they're called leaves and I'm just just kidding Uh, and and um and and so so we're out we're 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 hiking and and I'm like guys we need we need to go back this is we we didn't plan for this and they're like no let's let's keep going and see what they didn't realize is that we had to walk back to the car, and so they're going, and eventually, as we're walking, my little girl is like, Daddy, I'm thirsty. Can I have some water? I'm like, I don't have any water. And then, and then all of a sudden, moods change. I hate outdoors. I'm like, yeah, come on, you're my kid now. And and, 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 then, and then they're like, I'm hungry. And I'm like, I don't have anything to eat. And then my little boy, he's like jumping around, and then he falls down. He scrapes his knee. And so he's like, Daddy, I can't walk, right? Like, this is, my, this is why I don't do these things. <laughs> and I didn't have any water. I didn't have any food. I didn't have a first aid kit. And so finally, when we made our way back to the car, we looked like the cover of Saving Private Ryan. We're like, I'm like holding one of them, dragging the other one, like miserable. And I remember thinking when I got to the car, I remember thinking this, like next time, if there is a next time, I will be better prepared for this journey. What I, what, when I got to the car, I said to myself, next time I'm going to be prepared. Next time I'm going to have water with me. I'm going to have snacks with me. I'm going to bring some Band-Aid. Like, I'm just going to be better prepared. And I was thinking about this, this idea of going on a journey but being unprepared. And it really fits well with what we're doing for the next four weeks. Because for the next four weeks, we're taking this journey uphill. And, and, and we're trying to get uphill to, to, to reach these, these, this life change that I believe God has for all, each and every one of us. But in order for us to reach this destination, there, there are a couple things that we got to take with us on this journey. And, and so in order for, for us to, to experience this life change, there are three must-haves that, that, that you and I, we, we got we to gotta bring with us in order for us 
to reach the place that God has for us. And so for all you note takers, these are in your notes. The very first one is the first must have, must have number one is this. You got to have hope for your future. You got to have hope for your future. Now, some of you this morning, when I said hope for your future, you kind of just went like this to me. Mm. Because for some of you in here, you, you've lost hope. For some of you in here this morning, you, like this idea of having any hope for any future is not there. For, for some of you this morning, the idea that, that I can have hope that God has something better for me or that he can change my life, you're like, no, I tried. It didn't work. I've been praying for a long time and it's not happening. And what I want you to understand this morning is that if we're going to go on this journey together, you got to have just a little bit of hope for your future. It doesn't have to be a lot of hope. But if you can just give me a glimmer of hope, if you can just force yourself to think, man, I have a little bit of hope that my situation could change, then I think you'll be ready for this journey. So the first must-have is uh, hope for the future. The second must-have is this, willingness to change direction. Willingness to change direction. See, the Bible calls, uh, the Bible terms this willingness to change directions. He, he terms this, uh, it's termed in the Bible as repentance. See, for a lot of us, when, when we hear that word repentance, it, it's, we, we have like this real harsh uh, uh, mindset towards repentance when, in fact, repentance is simply this. Acknowledging that you're going in the wrong direction. Acknowledging that, that you're about to make the wrong choice or that you did make the wrong choice. Acknowledging that you're on the wrong path. Stopping and changing direction. And that's all repentance is. And, and so if, if we are going to go on this journey together, and if you are going to allow God to, to do life change inside of you, there are things in your life and things in my life that, are, that we hold on to that prevents us from ever reaching what God has for you. That, that, that uh, prevents us from ever getting to the place that, that God wants to take us to, to prevent us uh, from, to prevent God from ever changing our life in the way that He desires to change us. And these life changes, we, we, we got to be willing to change direction, to, to forget about what's behind and, and, and look towards. What's ahead? The same guy that wrote the letter that we read at the very beginning in, Rome, in Romans, he, he wrote this in Philippians chapter 3 uh, because he, he's, he was going through the same exact thing. You see, this guy was named Paul, and Paul, he, he had a history, he had a past. He was a persecutor of Christians, but, but he was an esteemed persecutor of Christians. So, so the crew that he rolled with, they were like, Paul, you, you, you the baddest, man. You, you're awesome, dude. And Paul, he had accolades of just of, high, of a high-ranking official. 
And here, here is Paul. He gets to this place where he understands that if I'm going to get where God wants me to go, I have to forget about what I know from the past. And he writes this in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. He says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. So he, he's saying that I have not yet achieved becoming all that God has called me to be. He said, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Typically, when we read this, we think that he's talking about like this past, like he had just, uh, Paul had like this horrible past, but he's, he's saying like, hey, I'm gonna, I had a lot of things that I'm just gonna leave behind that were good things, but I'm gonna leave them behind so I can strive for what God has for me ahead. You guys with me? And so we're talking about three must-haves that, that you got to have uh, in order for you and I to make this life change and, and to make this journey. And so the first one was hope for a future. Second one was willingness to change direction. And the third one is this, institute healthy habits. Institute healthy habits. We all have bad habits. And so we got to remove the bad habits and place them with good habits. And so this morning, I want to give you the first habit uh, that, that is going to, the, the first of four habits that, that hopefully will help us get to that place of change in life. And, and so here it is, number one, habit number one. And then this is where we're just going to land our plane today. Habit number one is this. Focus on what I do first. Focus on what I do first. Habit number one, focus on what I do first. See, you, you may not know this. Well, you probably do know this. That each and every one of us, we have, we have a list of priorities, a list of focuses, right? And so I could probably, you could probably list like the three focuses that you have. And on every list... Here's what I know to be true, is that there is something that is fighting for that number one spot. There is something on your list of focuses that, that, is, that is fighting for that number one top spot. Your, the, the, the focus, your number one focus. And, and, and for some of us here this morning, the, that, that number one focus, maybe for you it's, it's your career. And like you're just, you're so focused on your career that, 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 that you've placed that as your number one priority, your, your number one, your number one um, focus. Maybe, maybe for you this morning, it's school, and, and school has become your number one focus. You, you, you place it on top of all of your other priorities, all on top of all your other focuses, and maybe for you it's it's accumulating wealth, and, and, and your whole focus is 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 to get more wealth, to, to become wealthier. Whatever it is, you know what it is. Whatever your number one focus is, you, you have a list and, and you focus on it. Now here's what I want to say about those things. Whatever is on your list, I'm going to assume that they're not like super evil or bad, right? So this is going to be a blanket statement, but, but whatever is on your list, they're not inherently bad. 
So your desire to pursue in your career, that's not a bad thing. Your desire to, to, um, to, to excel in school, it's not a bad thing. Your desire to find a boyfriend and get married, hey, it's not a bad thing. But what happens is when you begin to get those things and you put them on top, and you make him the first, that's when trouble happens. That's, that's when, when, uh, when, when, when life starts getting rough. Because this is not in your notes, but I think this is a great, great thing to remember. Your focus determines your direction. Your focus determines your direction. So if you are focused on the wrong thing, then you'll be led in the wrong direction. Because whatever you focus on determines your direction, determines where you're going. I had a, I won't even, just, just know that. For time's sake, know that. Your focus determines your direction. And so if you and I, if we're wanting a changed life, if we're wanting a life that is changed, I love what Jesus says. I believe it's John 10.10 10, where, where he said, uh, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus says this, but, how many of y'all love Jesus' buts? <laughs> come on. If there was ever a but, it's Jesus's. And come on now. Y'all are like, halo. And I love Jesus, he said, because he said, um, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He said, but I came to bring you life, that you could have life to the fullest. In other words, it's almost as if Jesus is saying, you don't even know what life is until you tap into me. And so here, here it is, uh, the, 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 the number one focus on, on what I put first. If you're wanting to see life change, you got to focus on the right thing, and that is this. Put God first. Put God first. That's your number one fill in the blank. Put God first. If you can begin to put God first in your life, you'll see change begin to take place. See, here's the biggest misconception of what people think when it comes to God in their life. They think that God is okay with being second. The biggest misconception is that people think that God is okay with second place in your life. When that is not true at all. God does not want second place in your life. The very essence of Christianity, in fact, is, is not the, the fact that you become an owner at Discovery or the fact that you can go to growth track. That, that's not what makes you, that's not what defines your Christianity. Do you know what defines your Christianity? When you could re, reposition your list so that whatever was on top is moved and now God is on top and is in first. He doesn't want second. God's only satisfied with being first. Why? Why is that? 
Because God always models what he expects. God always models what he expects. And we know that in John 3, 16, it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He gave, he, and so God, he, he, he modeled this idea of giving us his first and his best when he gave us his son. And, and it was this, as if, as if God was saying, hey, I am so committed to, to what I want to do in your life. Here's my first. Here's my, my only son. As if he was saying, because I love you that much. And, and, and so we, we see that in Exodus chapter 22, when God institutes the Ten Commandments, the very first thing, the very first commandment he gives Moses is that you should have no other God ahead of me. That idea of God, you can substitute that as love or desire, that you should have no other love, you should have no other desire, you should have no other thing except for God, because the Bible says he's a jealous God, and he, he doesn't want second place, he wants first place, first place, I went like that, but I meant like this, he wants first place in your life. And so the question now becomes, how do I put God first? And number two, give God the first of everything. Give God the first of everything. Now, if you grew up in church, right now your stomach's, your stomach's turning because you're like, oh, he's about to take an offering. <laughs> Calm down. That's not going to happen, <laughs> okay? <laughs> this idea of... Um, of of giving God your first and giving God your best. The, 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 the church term would be, is called tithe, the tithe. This idea of giving God the first and the best of everything you have. In Leviticus chapter 27, God says, he, he says, I want the tithe of everything that you have. See, a lot of the times when we think of tithe, and, and that's probably because the church has, has, has got us to think this, but when we hear the word tithe, we, we're like, oh, he's just, he's just only talking about our, our money. But that's not it at all. God doesn't just want the first of your money. He wants the first of your time. He wants the first of your thoughts. He wants the first of your affection. But why? Because he, number one, we put him first. And so, uh, and, and check this out. I love this. Deuteronomy chapter 14, 23. It might be in your notes. I, I don't know. But it says this, and I love this. The purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first. So whatever your preconceived notions about tithing is, of, oh, I only tithe because the church says that because they just want my money. Or whatever it is, whatever, whatever history you brought with you here to Discovery, know this. Where's that verse at? Help me out, Josh. The purpose of tithing, come on, is to always teach you to put God first. 
Listen, God doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your thoughts. He doesn't need your affection. He doesn't need your love. But he instituted this so that we could learn to put him first. Come on, put God first. And so what I want us to do is is look at this principle of first, and I want to help you uh, within the next five minutes ways that you can put God first in your life. Are you good with that? Okay. So here's the first one. I, I believe this is a blank. Give God the first of my year. Give God the first of my year. Here's what I, we've, we've done this at Discovery since year one. By the way, February uh, 10th, we're going to be celebrating our five-year anniversary. I love that. Statistically, we shouldn't even still be meeting. <laughs> the mortality rate of church of, of plants, church plants, church startups, within the first five years, the mortality rate is like 93%. Come on, y'all are an oddity. Can we just give thanks to God for that just real quick? And so what we've done since the very beginning, uh, starting the new year, we start off with 21 days, days of prayer and fasting. And so I know that it's, it's a couple months out, but, but I want you just to begin to prepare your hearts for the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Listen, there's something about praying, but then there's something about when you incorporate fasting with the prayer. And we're going to teach more about fasting as the time comes up. But there's something powerful that God does in your willingness to fast. I remember when I was in college in Dallas, I felt like I, I was at that, that stage of my life where I didn't know what I was supposed to do with my life. I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be a traveling musician. I wanted to, I, I don't know what I wanted to do, honestly. I wanted to be a counselor. And I was like, God, I just need some, I need some clarity. And so for a whole year, and I'm not saying this to pat my back, but for a whole year, I decided, God, I'm gonna fast meat. And so for a whole year, I didn't eat any meat. And within that year, man, God, I, I had one of those moments, I would almost call it like an open vision, where God literally showed me what I was supposed to be doing. There's something about fasting that if you can tap in, and if you can learn to give God something that, could, that, that costs you, you'll do something in your life. So, so again, January, 21 days of prayer and fasting. We want to give God the first of my year. Here's the second thing. Give God the first of my month. Give God the first of the, my month. And this comes down to two things, schedule, scheduling and budgeting. So scheduling at the beginning of the month, like I look, I know where my month is for the most part because I'm always laying out the things that are important to me. I I always lay out on my calendar. You can look on my calendar every Wednesday night. It's marked out for prayer. Every Sunday morning, hey, I'm here. (laughs) Um, And just scheduling, just making sure that I'm putting God first in, in areas that I'm supposed to and also making sure that I honor my family. And and so the way that I do that is that I only have two ministry nights. 
a week, Mondays and Wednesday nights. And so if you want to meet with me and have some coffee, I would love to, as long as you could do it on a Monday and a Wednesday night. Why? Because I, I'm very determined to make sure that I honor God. I put God first by honoring my family. And so, so scheduling, it's huge. Here's the other one, budgeting. Now, this is just my own conviction. We, we believe in, in generosity. We believe in giving God the first and best of everything that we have. And my wife, this is our conviction. We believe that to be true. And so every month, at the beginning of the month, we'll write our tithe check to Discovery. And when I told my wife, I said, baby, what I want us to start doing is that when we, when we write out the check, I want us to actually pray over. And so we're, we're starting, we're, we're, we're getting our kids in. And my kids, myself, and my wife, and, and we're, we're praying for our tithe. And here's why we do that, why we're gonna do that is because we want our kids to see. Because they're gonna be like, daddy, why are you writing a check like that to the church? Oh, let me tell you why. And it's my opportunity to put God first by teaching my kids and teaching my family. So, so here it is. I want to give God the first of my year. I want to give God the first of my month. Here's the third one. I want to give God the first of my week. Hey, if you are here this morning, congratulations. You just gave God the first of your week. <laughs> I had someone say to me before, they're like, when we were talking about Sunday mornings and in, in, in church, because I hold church like to the highest esteem, they they were like, "But don't you miss like doing things with friends on Sunday mornings?" I was like, "No." They're like, "What?" It's like, "No, I don't." Why? Because and this is my conviction. I'm not trying to sway. You do whatever you want. It's America. But my conviction is I'm going to put God first, give Him the first of my week. My son was playing football uh, for, for uh, the Warriors, and uh, it was going to be kind of weird because the games were going to be on Sunday morning. And so the games were from 9 o'clock to 10.30. And so it was going to be crazy for us, but we were going to make it work because my son really wanted, uh, really wanted to play. And, um, and, and right up front, I, I said to the coach, I was like, hey, coach, nice to meet you. Um, I just wanna let you know that, that my son, he's not gonna be able to make the away games. He can only play for the home games. And the coach was like, why? I was like, because my son, he, he has church. The, the home game is at Rancho. So like we could just go across the street and that was it. And, um, and so, so the schedule came out and on the schedule, there were four away games all in a row. And my dad said to me, he's like, hey son, um, do you think like there, there's four, four away games. He, he, he'll miss four weeks in a row. Do you think that like I'll be willing to drive him and I'll be willing to take him? Are, are you okay with that? And I was like, absolutely not. I said, because I want my son to understand that he, I want him to understand the importance of putting God first, giving God the first of his week. And here, here's why I said, you're like, oh, he's a pastor. He's supposed to say, no. Far before I was pastoring, far before I was on staff at a church, far before uh, I was youth pastoring, this was what I did. Like, I just gave God. Church was my thing. When I was in college, I didn't miss a Sunday. Like, why? Because I'm like, God, I'm going to give you my first of the week. I did that all throughout high school. 
Thank God my parents made me. Come on, but look at it now. Well, I don't want to force my, no, yes. Make him. Train him up in the way that they should go. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is a feel-good church, my bad. I'm not, I'm, I'm ruffling feathers right now. Um, give God the first of your week. Model it. Give God the first. Well, you can meet God anywhere. Yes, it's true, you can. But for most of us outside of church, we're not meeting God. <laughs> and the local church, man, is this broad. Like when we come together, we assemble together. There's something about, there's something about being here, worshiping next to you that just fires me up. That I cannot get in the same way by myself. I need you. I need you. Come on, and y'all need me. That's how it goes. And so here's the last one. Here's the last one. Oh, Lord. Give God the first of my day. Just give me, give me five more minutes and I'm done. Give God the first of my day. Here's what I've done in my calendar, on my phone. On my calendar, like every day I have an alarm set and it says, meeting with God. Because if I don't do that, <laughs> I'm not going to be talking to God that day. <laughs> Can I just be honest? If I don't do that, my day is way too crazy. And so literally every day from 6 to 7, it says meeting with God. Now, I do want to encourage you that not every morning I'm up at 6. Sometimes it's 6.15. Sometimes it's 6.30. Let me be real. Sometimes it's 6.55. But God gets that five minutes, that first five minutes of my time. Listen, you got to be intentional. God, I want to give you the first of my everything. And here's number three. When you can give God the first of your everything, watch this. Expect God to bless the rest. When you can learn to give God the first of your everything, expect God to bless the rest. See, that's the principle of the first. That if you give God the first, I don't know how he does it, but he always tends to bless the rest. All throughout scripture, you see people giving God their everything. And what does God do? He blesses the rest. Listen, this is not a gimmick message right here. I'm not trying to gimmick you to do anything. I can care less if you give your money. I can care less, well, the, just that one. I want you to start praying. And I want you to start coming to church. But this is not a gimmick thing to try to get you to do something that you don't want to do. I, like this is for you, for your benefit. And so I can have a, a healthy conscience and saying, God, hey, I told him. What they do with it now is up to them. Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.